Hello? Hi. Okay, we're good. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Joys of technology. <clears throat> so I just want to say thank you for creating and hosting and um, inviting me to the event. You're so welcome. Thank you for attending. It was amazing. Um, and that's one of the first uh, business-related workshop, uh, workshops I have attended. So oh. um, I would kind of like to just uh, explore with you the idea what prompted you to create the event, organize it. Well, a lot of it stems from what I've been able to create in my business in regards to using speaking for free as a profitable avenue in my business. And I know it is something that people want to do, but they don't necessarily see how they can fit it into their business, especially using it as a lead generator or, you know, even with what we accomplished um, a little bit in the event was what, what do they even speak about? And the thing is, is that you, you're going to speak about what you talk about all the time. There really is a linear theme of a problem that you solve just the aspects of it or the angles of it or just the the little pieces that add up to this big problem. So I really wanted to show entrepreneurs and business owners how to start narrowing that down because once you start narrowing that down, then it's creating your message. Then actually creating a talk isn't as overwhelming. It's just now letting somebody help you facilitate what those content points are to highlight that big problem and then show you how to filter them into whatever whatever funnel you want them to go into so you can create the business, the money, and the life that you want through these these leads. So how what were like the process in terms of behind the scenes of organizing everything? Because I know like it was a very seamless event. Mm-hmm. Um you know, everything just flowed so smoothly and I think everyone got a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. But putting an event together is even putting like a dinner party together can be very difficult at times. So yeah, what was your process like? I am a very simplified person, which is not shocking since that's what I teach my clients how to do. (laughs) So when I, I, I have learned this, that when it comes to myself creating my own events, it is not something I like to do on a regular basis. I typically only create my events for once a year um, because it, it, I, I, I do make it simple. It is about you. It's about me. It's about the time together. And I'm, I'm not here to give you a whole bunch of bells and whistles and, and things. I just don't process things that way. However, when I get to a point where I can just turn to somebody and be like, here's X amount of dollars. This is what I want to create. Go, you know, go. <laughs> then probably more events will definitely be on my horizon. But when it comes to how I create events, I create events the same way. I I want the the whole reason why I create events is to give people preview on what it's like to work with me. And when you work with me, it's very intimate. It's very one-on-one. It's very um, organic, but also structured at the same time. So we always have an intention. We always have a theme, but how we use that time, I, I take it off of what we've already accomplished and where you're at. Does that make sense? Exactly. So and I, I think to... that was achieved at the event. 
awesome. Cause that's how I want, that's what I want to do is just show, I use workshops just like as I was speaking as a lead generator. And I still want people to get value. I still want people to walk away from the events feeling not only motivated and inspired, but have actionable steps that they can start implementing themselves. But for those who aren't self-implementers and for those who now see the process, the beginning process, and need somebody to really walk them through the next one, then they automatically have access to me. They already know how I work. They already know we have a connection and it's just, you know, converting them over. Definitely. So how, uh, how did you go about selecting that particular venue? I'm actually a, a, a member there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And actually, but to even go back further, I decided to become a member because I used that for my event last year. Okay. And I'm very, um, as I'm sure you, you saw during the event, I'm a very, like, I'm very big on energy. I'm very big on just the feeling of the room. And again, that environment mirrors me. It, it was, it's very comfortable. It's non-pretentious. It's gives you, you know, it's very flowy and in, in regards to, you know, there's not a lot of shit in the space. Like it's just really reflective of the environment that I wanted to create for my event. Um, and I know that's, a, that's always a big thing. I mean, environment is huge, no matter what you're trying to do. If you're trying to host an event, the intention of your event and the type of people you obviously want the room to connect with them, right? That you want them to instantly feel comfortable or know what the, what the theme is or what the energy is going to be based off of the room, whether people really are conscious of that or not. It's, it's a very important piece. And I love Birch Road because it's, I love the energy. I love, it's also female founded. So that's still, that's aligned with, you know, with, with my morals and who I like to support. And so just everything was just synergistically just really worked for me. Definitely. I, that was my first time actually, um, one, hearing about it, but also being in that space. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah, it's an amazing space. And they um, they specifically really only go off of word of mouth because they wanted to have that cozy, um, non-in-and-out kind of feel. You know how sometimes with co-working spaces, it's, it's, it can be – still an office space. So you don't, I don't know, for me, I, I like co-working spaces that are non-traditional. So I just want to go somewhere that's not my being a solopreneur. That's not my office or that's not my couch where I can see three-dimensional people and talk to people if I want to, or not talk to people if I don't want to, but you just have that different, you know, that different space. And with some co-working spaces, it can still be very office-like and I, I'm not attracted to that. Um, so I really liked that space because it is a combination of you can work on your own or you can bring in clients and you can have a glass of wine and you have snacks. And it's just this very like, um, yeah, just this very easy, easy, easy place to be. And that's, that's why I was originally attracted to it. So how do you personally prepare for or lead an event like that? I honestly, I wasn't really fully prepared until I started speaking. Um, Because the way that I structure my signature talks are now the exact same way I structure my workshops. And the, the things that come to me, the problems that I solve through the people that I've met through speaking has helped me with my content. And that's, that's something that I, I touched on a little bit during the event uh, the other night was that, you know, when you have your signature talk, 
it is your base now for everything. It is your base for your marketing. It's a base for all your content. It's a base for how you network and where you network and who you talk to. And it streamlines so much, including what are your next steps in your offers as a business owner. Because if you're continuously meeting the same people in this space that you help in, you're going to elevate because you're going to help more people. And then you're going to be able to help different people with that problem with now their base problem. Now what's the new thing that you have realized that you can also solve that's based off of this problem. So that's, uh, does that like make sense? Yeah. So that, that's the way you came across. Yeah. So when I was, so my signature talk is about prioritization and helping people really identify what they want, where their time is going and where can we make, how can we make sure that they are using their time and energy profitably for their business and one of those avenues that I like to teach that are in line with that. So that next step is once you've got that base down, now what's the next funnel we can start prioritizing. And for a lot of my entrepreneurs and a lot of my clients, it is speaking. Speaking is that great new funnel where now we can just hone in the right people in the right place where they need to be to make the business, the money and the life that they want. So with all of that, and this is something that I work on a lot with my one-on-one clients it just seems natural that I want to create a workshop so I can help more entrepreneurs start doing the same as well as have another funnel for myself to bring in leads for my business. And so um, when you first started these events, how many events have you had actually? That I've hosted? That you've hosted. This is only workshops. my second one. <laughs> only the second one. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to have to wait until next year? Yeah. For the- no. I mean, I, but here's the thing. I speak all over. I, 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 if, if, if I didn't speak so often in Chicago, I probably would be hosting them more often. But the thing is, is I, I do speak in Chicago at least once a month. Um, right. So there's always opportunities for people to come and see me. I also do webinars um, uh, sporadically throughout the year. But live events, I only host one live event per year. The rest are usually webinars or events that are hosted by by other amazing facilitators. Yeah, my friend and I already told ourselves that we were going to come to your next event. So. <laughs> well, it'll, it'll probably be a webinar, which is even better because then you guys don't have to go anywhere. You can just show up. But I mean, I, it was worth it to the drive and everything like that. I'd definitely do it again. We just have to leave, you know, 30 minutes earlier so that well, and we I, don't hit traffic. Right. And for me too, like I have to get a, I have to get a sitter and I have to, you know, there's logistics for me as well. And if, again, right. if there's any way that I can streamline and make this comfortable and keep effective, exactly. Keep it simple. And webinars, which is another thing that I teach my clients how to do once they've created a signature talk is an amazing filler for when you don't have a ton of events that you're going to, or that you are speaking at in a certain month. I've been thinking about webinars more for Trap Life down the road. Then, and by down the road, I mean in the next six months. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I, cause I don't think I, 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 I mean, I guess I do a fair amount of webinars in terms of um, viewing them, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if how effectively that platform would translate. We'll see. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, it's it's taking a look at your ideal client. Where do they get their information from? And if it's not typically webinars, then maybe that isn't an avenue for you to have. Um, my ideal client is typically a solopreneur entrepreneur, so they 
you know, their schedules are, are different. So, and my schedule is different too, being a, a primary caregiver to a kid. You know, my business hours are while he's at school. Others, right. their business hours or things they want to do is after school or after, you know, five o'clock or whatever. And that's, that's not difficult, but it's just another thing that I would have to plan and schedule. So I like to do webinars because a lot of entrepreneurs like to do webinars at like 10 o'clock in the morning or like two o'clock in the afternoon when they're kind of done with clients and wrapping up. And I could do a quick 45 minute webinar, get people on my calendar to, you know, speak to for the rest of the month. And then it's good. It's also practice for your signature talk. So it keeps it fresh and you have a new recording or so there's, there's never a wasted opportunity, but it's still looking at, you know, what, who is your ideal client and where do they primarily get their information and their contacts or their resources from? Would you say college students are primary demographic for, or, or are they a primary demographic, I should say, for webinars? You know, probably because then they can, especially if you offer the recording up to like two days afterwards. Um, okay. Again, there's different structures that you can use to to make it a, a higher impact for you and for your for your ideal client. But I mean, I, w- I would definitely say I'm sure that is an appeal to them, so they can just hop on their computer and listen to whatever you know, and and not have to disrupt anything, or if they're studying, or if they've got you know all the if they got a huge social calendar, like they can actually carve out time and just be like, nope, for this hour. These podcasts are huge now, and a lot of it is that demographic because they like to listen on the go. So even if you have a recording of a webinar they have access to, they can listen to it while they're walking or working out or, you know, doing dishes or whatever. So there is, again, ways that you can angle that and piece that out to where you're hitting your ideal client. It doesn't have to always be so black and white, if that makes sense. Definitely. What platforms do you like for webinars? I use Zoom. Zoom? Yeah. It's cheap. I don't use the webinar feature. I just use regular meeting. I just turn everybody's cameras off. Um, I also suggest, I also encourage people to turn all their cameras if they like, because I like that interaction. As I'm sure you saw, like I'm a very interactive person. Right. So I don't like just to talk with a PowerPoint. I typically don't use a ton of PowerPoint when I speak. Um, so it still is an intimate, personable thing. You see my face. I, I don't like I don't like webinars where I don't see a face. I just hear a recording and, and watch a PowerPoint. I get bored. Um, I don't connect to that. And your ideal client is typically you personified. So if I don't connect to that, then my client's probably not either. <laughs> so right. I want to attract people who, who are kind of like me. Um, so yeah, I I def I use Zoom. I've used Zoom for Lord a long time. <laughs> and I I love it. That's awesome. I have a mental block with Zoom for some reason. I need to like really do a deep dive with it and like get accustomed to it, I guess, because for some reason I'm like, no Zoom. I don't, I don't, I don't, I have zero clue what that's about. But... Is it because it's just popular? Some people have that where they just don't want to do the same so, thing. <laughs> I mean, I think I might have a little bit of that going on sometimes where I'm like, oh, you know, like when you're favorite band becomes too popular to right. like anymore you know i might be a snob in some regard like that but with technology i'm kind of like what's convenient you know yeah and i i think it's just what you're used to i've been using zoom probably for six years 
So it's what I'm used to. And it's, it's something that I'm comfortable with. And I found is very user friendly with people who aren't familiar with technology, which I'm, as I'm working with more clients in different parts of the country and in the world, you know, technology is not as um, accessible as it is, or just even more regular as it is here. And I found that Zoom seems to be the one that it just is the easiest for both sides. I, I could see it. I've signed up for a couple of how to use Zoom webinars, so I might have to take advantage of those. You can always YouTube it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so what's what are some of the differences that you've seen from your first workshop to your workshop that just occurred? I would say the biggest theme for me was really learning where to hone in the information. Um, my first event, though, was awesome, and I loved every single minute of it. I did not get a high conversion from it because I gave away a lot of information because I just got excited. and. Right. It's something that I, I, you know, I, everybody has to work on it one space or another, and I've definitely gotten a, t- a ton better on it. So my takeaway from, from this past one was I, I did well with the information. However, next time I'm going to limit the number of people, because for me, that was a lot of mental energy to process that many messages and to be as present as I needed to be for everybody. And I could feel that in the room too. Like people were starting to burn out, which is natural when it comes to that much processing on a single topic, right? So I definitely well, found every time that it's I, – I always review myself, okay, what could have gone better? And I don't even review myself on, so did I sell or did I not sell? Because that's, right. that's not a full motivator for me. I want to make sure that I'm respecting myself, my energy, my time, as well as my attendees. Um, so the first one I definitely just gave away – way too much. But again, it was a great learning process. I still got some great connections out of it. And it was still something that I needed to do. And this time, I I really loved the information and where that night went. I now know for myself that it needs to be a little bit of a smaller, uh, not smaller space, but less people. So then that way, every I, I'm not burning myself out. <laughs> well, it's good that you um, kind of know what you want and what you don't want to like for to make those adjustments mm-hmm. what would be optimal for you um just being there i just felt like it was the only issue was it was hard to hear people sometimes and i think myself included because i struggle with projection mm-hmm. right so it was just like you could hear some people more mm-hmm. than others and so it was easier to give feedback on people that you heard clearly. Mm-hmm. That's versus, really great feedback. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, that that was it was just like an acoustic thing, mm-hmm. but it was. Um, but I think everyone connected enough, and I don't want to say enough because like there's some sort of like you just hit that threshold. Mm-hmm. I think people connected um, either to those around them or those of like mine. You know, afterwards, a lot of people stayed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like people just rushed out. Yeah, and... people kind of just ghosted. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that wasn't it at all. Yeah, you know, no, I really, I really enjoyed until, that. You had part. to kick them out. Yeah. Know? So, I I think it was just that, but like like if you're saying if you tip typically, you know, because you're hosting it, you're having to think about each message, you know, mm-hmm. and go through and really listen and intently 
to everything and you know all the feedback and you know some people receive more feedback than others Mm -hmm. and you know I don't know if some people played the um, like comparison game on that like you know maybe you know where it brings up insecurities yeah that's a good point too like there's I'm sure well not I'm sure there could possibly be some internal things that you know I, I would I will never be aware of um but making sure that there is an environment where everybody does feel like, and that's actually why I structure my, my private group or my private clients the way that I do, because I want to make sure that I'm present for each and every single one in the way that they need me to be and in giving them the respect that they, they deserve as well as again, respecting their time and energy and vice versa. Um, so you're, you're totally right. There could have been, there definitely could have been some of that in, and having that, um, having that external awareness, internal awareness, but just, I guess, just having that awareness in general, that's a really good point. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. But I thought it was so interesting how everyone was on a different place in their journey mm-hmm. and on the spectrum mm-hmm. of talking. I think I was maybe in the middle. Um, my friend Lito, I think he was, right on like one end of the spectrum like from one to ten ten being you know completely advanced Mm -hmm. you know to one I think he was maybe right there at a one maybe I was at a four uh five Mm -hmm. perhaps because I have done more public speaking but don't have a signature talk so to speak Mm -hmm. and then there were other people who have done talks and are just looking to refine it or mm-hmm. people who have done multiple talks and they're looking um just to make some additional changes or yeah they're they're know. ready to niche it down to that next level and that's what I always love right. about your message is that it's always it's always something you should check in on as it is going to change because the problems that you solve they're they're gonna be still based off of that original one but as I said when we first started speaking that it's gonna evolve like you do and if you deny yourself that growth by just sticking to this message because that's what people know you for then you're always gonna stay at a certain space in your business and if you're not happy with that then it's not gonna change until you level up with who you are now what you want now the problem that you solve now and who you who you now work with that's why these businesses can continue to evolve and be successful. I mean, Apple changes stuff up all the time, but it's still that core message right. of, you know, just had an update today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still that core problem that they want to make sure that they are providing the best technology in a simplified form, you know, to everybody in the world. I'm not sure if that's it word for word, but that's, it always comes back to that. So for me, It'll always come back to how am I making sure that you are being, you are prioritizing what you need to prioritize. You can create what you want to create. And that might be speaking. That might be your, just, you know, your time management. And that might be, you actually have no effing clue what you want from your business. And you've just been going with the flow for way too long. Right. But it all still hones in on that big problem of prioritizing your time, your profit avenues and yourself correctly. Definitely. So what are some like 
things that you noticed um like how how close was your vision for the event to what actually occurred Ooh, great question it was so close that's awesome I... <laughs> that, that's your first response yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's close. so hard for that to happen it's it was but a lot of that was because this this I don't mean this to be disrespectful forever. I had higher expectations of what we could get through. If that right. makes sense. Because yeah. you forget, I don't forget, but sometimes you tend to downplay what you forgot took you a long time in the beginning because you do it so much. Right. And my mentor was amazing. And she, my actual, my original idea for this was for you to create a two minute talk. And my mentor is like, Mel, you worked with me at a two-day event and we couldn't even get people to get a two-minute talk in two days. She's like, why do you think your people are different? Like, oh, they're not. (laughs) That's just like, you know, you need to, excuse me, you need to have those moments of, yeah, I can do that with one person. Give me three hours in one person. For sure, we can knock out some sort of a two-minute Or or maybe even three to five people. But just for the amount of people. Exactly. And so, and my original thought was to do just five to seven people. And she's like, well, why don't you just give them a taster? And then maybe you can make your next workshop and invite those people from your next one and say, hey, remember you had this for three hours. Now get me in a smaller group and we can really hone it in. So, and that's what I love about having a coach and my mentor is that she is consistently looking ahead where I sometimes just don't because I'm so caught up in. And what I'm trying to accomplish in my business, which is why everybody should have some sort of a coach or mentor to be that, you know, that eyes ahead person. And, you know, and so when Michael we, Jordan, Tom Brady, all had coaches. Yeah, they still do. They have business coaches still now. Do. Yeah. Yeah. They have, I mean, anybody. And have great coaches, not just average coaches. But right. Great coaches, so. His trainer actually, um, shoot, is the book on my shelf? No. His trainer, whose name I'm spacing on, Michael Jordan's trainer, wrote yeah, an amazing. Have you read that book, Relentless? I I think I ordered it, but I didn't read it. It is so good. Or maybe it's just on my wish list. I'll have to check on that. It is so good. I appreciate him so much because he, yeah, I I just it's a great great book. Um, but he points you that know out. The name too. I want to give out, but I know it's not the right name. It's at all. Grover. Tim S. Grover. Okay, I was about to say Grover Norquist. Ah, you're <laughs> like, close. <laughs> and I'm like, I know that is not him. I know. My 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 inner Rolodex is finally through. But yeah, I believe it's Tim Tim Grover. Yes, you're right. And yeah. he's the author of Relentless. And he speaks to that. He spoke to that too. He's like, yeah, a player can get a mediocre coach, and guess what? They're going to be mediocre. My guys come to me knowing that I'm going to kill them to rebuild them because I only take the best. And I charge what I charge because I only produce the best. And having that mentality for me and and like customizing it to me and how I speak and how I look at how I want to structure things with my business, it's that moment of, you know, how, again, can I make sure I'm attracting the right people to continue on my business and create what I want to create with the people that I want to create it with. So with when we dialed it back to, what can this event look like? She even helped me break it down to what is the big thing that you help people discover? I'm like, well, it's usually their, their topic, you know, their big problem, big solution. She's like that you can probably figure out in three hours. 
Right. And I was like, genius. And I think everyone figured that out. Yeah. By the time they left. And then hopefully with the resource that I provided with the, you know, the craft message and then obviously scheduling a phone call with me, that again, just kind of shows them that I want to give them valuable steps, which I do. I want, I, I never, ever, 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 I'm going to be that speaker where I give you two minutes of value and 90 minutes of me shoving prices down your throat. I'm never going to be that person. What I want. Well, we thank you for not. Doing that <laughs> and that's what I teach my clients to do. Not, not the two minutes, but to create a authentic, valuable talk, because that's what helps generate those leads faster is because first rule of sales is first they get to know they need to buy you first. And I think we talked about this last time we chatted. Right. So having that that's valuable, authentic signature talk to back that up and continue to highlight how amazing you are and how you work and what you truly value, then again, it just makes that that closing process just like totally streamlined. So Will your next event focus on the same theme or will you kind of expand to some of the themes you felt like you didn't cover this time? That is a great question and something that I'm going to be reflecting on that in Q4. Q4, I really like to look back on what I did, what I learned, what I can pay forward, and that helps me kind of structure out the next year. Right, And so I don't know what the next workshop's going to look like. It really depends on what I keep seeing as the new problem that I'm continuously working on with my clients that I want to pay forward to others. Um, it's probably going to be speaker-focused because I do see that as a major part of my business for the remaining longevity of my business. Um, but there's still things that I'm still learning that I'm still refining, and I, I never – um, I never pay something forward until I have it, until I can connect to it, until I can confidently say, this is what I've created with it. And because I've always been like that, even when I was a personal trainer, I would always make sure I tried out workouts and nutrition things and stuff first to see how I reacted, how I liked it. And then what my honest feedback was, not what is popular now. And I'm just going to hop on board and just teach you guys as I'm learning. Cause that's, that's not helping anybody <laughs> definitely but i'll keep so, you posted <laughs> yeah I'm, i definitely want to check out more of your events and connect with you um my one of my last questions for you and I'll, i'm not gonna lie this time it will be <laughs> but uh what do you think um wait Oh my gosh, I'm having brain issues today. All good, it's Monday. Totally forgot what I was going to ask you. But let me see. One moment. No worries. Processing. I'm going to do the mail. <laughs> Stare off in his face. Think of something else that you were thinking about before. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, oh, so how... How would you advise the speaker once they're, um, I don't think this was the question, but how do you think, how would you advise a speaker to get from the finished product to really getting in the game and booking um, talks, like where they're being paid for it? Should you just do talks for free at first or should you, um, you know, set that standard early where you're getting paid for your public speaking engagements? 
everybody has a different philosophy. Here's mine personally. You need to crawl before you can walk. And crawling is speaking for free. Because what that is, is there's safe spaces where you can really hone in your talk. Because even the talk that I structure with my clients, even the talk that my mentors structure with me has evolved as I continue to to speak it. Because I've now been doing it consistently for two years. And I will continue to do this talk forever, probably. Um, But I, the reason why I'm, I can go after the talks that I can is because I, I've figured out what rooms I need to be in and what rooms I don't. And the way that I figured that out was just by speaking in them. Right. So I always show my clients how to just get their, just get themselves in rooms and just start speaking. Because even if you, you know, if you speak in a room, there are times where I spoke in rooms, there were three people, but two of those people became clients of mine. So I, I just made, you know, 5k off of a free talk. Right. Off of the conversion. Yeah. So I think when people see it as one practice and a safe space for them to really hone in their skills, which we, we all need, no matter where we are as a speaker, we always need to hone in our skills and making sure that we're still connecting with who we want to connect with. But it's also, even if you connect with one person, if you spoke once a month and connect with one person each month, how much money would that be to your bottom line? Like that's, that's a good amount of money, a consistent money and probably a lot more consistent than what most people are getting right now in their business with this hustle and this networking and this like chase. Especially if you're connecting with an ideal client. Yeah. Cause they're coming to you. So it just streamlines a ton of that. So it may not seem, you know, you're not going to instantly walk out of that room with money, but I'll tell you my first talk I did, I was nervous as I'll get out. I was like talking from my iPad, like trying to like be completely perfect. There was five people, five to se- well, it was in a co-working space. So we started off with like five, then there were seven, and then there were three because people were kind of like coming in and out. I got one client off of that talk, which generated from from when she started to when she just moved on. She just um, ended as a client. I had her for a year and a half and generated about $15,000 worth of income from one, once my first talk nervous as fuck and one client. So it's one of those things where like you need to look at the whole picture and not just no, you're not going to, and I, here's a, here's a total behind the scenes, like whistleblowing moment. The people who say I made a hundred thousand dollars off of one event, it was not in that evening. (laughs) Right. It was from things that they got from people they met at from that event. From grinding. Exactly. From either clients they got from that event two, three, four months later to opportunities that they got from people that they met at that event and they got clients from that event. That's how people tend to, to bang it all together. Oh, so you're saying it's not a single check. Like you didn't no. get a single $100,000 no. check. From- like I can say I made fit over $15,000 for my first talk. Cause I did, but my first talk was a year ago and that's because one client continuously upgraded and continued to work with me and we continued to elevate her business. Right. Because it was a year when you say the talk I received. So whatever amount of money from the talk is talking about all the business that it channeled. Exactly. Right? You're it's, it's synonymous with saying a channel of income. Of exactly. Revenue. Okay. Yeah. 
And I, I, thank I you like... for I, I I say that to people, but people don't believe me. So thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Because I I like to be that whistleblower because people are like, well, you said I can, you know, these people are like, oh, I made, you know, six figures in off of one event. Yeah, well, that one event probably contributed to this event, which contributed to this event. So yeah, you could tailor it all back to this one event that got you. I mean, I could do that. I could actually think back on all the people that I've now were at that first event. And the opportunities that have come from them and the clients that have come from them, then I probably could definitely triple that number. But I, I, I want, I always like to say that, you know, the, what the seeds that you plant now, you're really going to start seeing the payback from them 30 days and on, unless you specifically sell straight from the room, which I just don't do. That's just, it's, it's not who I am. I have thought I was, I have tried to be, I'm just not, I am a person who I want you to now spend time with me on the phone one-on-one so I can make sure the offer that I'm giving to you is really the right offer. Right. Cause the last thing I want you to do is like have this magical moment with me and then me offer something that just cannot connect to you whatsoever. And I completely lose you as a connection because you think I only do this. Right. right. And so yeah, so I don't even know where that question came from, but or where the question actually originated. Um, but yeah, oh, going back to when it comes to speaking for free, it is just it's it's a win win. It's always a win win. You're always going to get something from it. So that's always going to elevate you to where you can. I now do charge for keynotes, but that's because I now have a CV of over fifty spaces that I've spoken at, and I've met a ton of people who have seen me speak over and over again. And it's people are coming to me and paying me to speak somewhere. That didn't happen day one (laughs) or month one. That's a year and a half later. I'm now getting people, right? So I I never negate speaking for free. I think people judge too much or jump over it too quickly and they are not really utilizing it in the profitable way that they can. I look at it as like an athlete um, or another example is the, the life of a comedian, like when or even an um a recording artist like when you get your big payday you also have to take into account all the money and time that you put into mm-hmm. honing it right mm-hmm. so the netflix special that you might see from a comedian um they went and they worked the circuit they worked on the jokes mm-hmm. they perfected each and every joke each line mm-hmm. each word to get to that point yeah so you're just seeing the finished product exactly and that's why i like behind the scenes and dynamics because like even for a a three minute music video right it takes days for them to record it oh yeah plus they have to write it and then they have to hire everybody and then they have to correlate schedules and you know you see that you see that meme that says you're not paying me for the 30 minutes. You're paying me for the 10 years so I can give that to you in 30 minutes. And that's, I think that's one of the actually only true memes on entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Out there. That's one of Agreed. like the 20 that actually is relevant. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you actually had um, peers of yours, right? Um, that were at the event. Mm-hmm. How is it... Um, doing a workshop with people like feeling that sense of support but also wanting to provide value to people who 
you've spoken with it in some of the same places mm-hmm. first the support is phenomenal um that's always great to have when you have people in the room who want who want to come and support you and want to come and support you in a very open and authentic way not just like hey i'm here for the free booze and not that i had booze right. there but you know like just come just to be butts in the seats um but what it did remind me of is that no matter where i think my peers are in their business quote unquote they still they still struggle with this right like i um I've been colleagues with Ari for two years. I spoke at one of her events and, you know, she's everywhere. We always laugh that we're like secretly stalking each other because we keep going to the same events and being a part of the same things. And I see her as, and not that she's not a successful person, but I honestly did not think that she was somebody as a branding person had issues with her message, but it's and this is it was another reminder that just because this is something that you do for others doesn't necessarily mean you've done it for yourself which is why again I have a coach because yeah. she makes sure that I am practicing what I'm preaching and putting into place what I'm telling others to do because it's so easy to preach but not practice right it's like doctors right you know they can tell you how to take care of yourself, but some of them aren't practicing. Right. They're smoking Those... alcoholics. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is only going to get them so far. So they it don't was, work out. It was know? a great reminder for me of not to judge people, of not to just think, oh, well, they've got their stuff together because they're at a level that I think they're at due to what I see on social media or the quick conversations that we've had. Right. So it was really, it was a really great reminder for me of don't not offer something because you don't think it's what they need. Like always talk about the problem that you solve and how you love to solve it because you may not know that's a problem that they're having. And if it's, and if it's not, they know somebody who has that problem that you're solving. So never stop yourself from sharing that with others because you never know. And it was really fun to work with her and Allison um, and even Jessica who speaks a ton too. But again, what you heard is that they speak on a lot of little things. So they're constantly creating content. And how much easier would it be if instead of them waiting for somebody to come to them, be like, can you speak on this? And they have to think of something, have how to do that. They can bypass all of that and just go straight to the person and say, I have this talk. I want to speak here. And it's like, okay. Then it's like less, less brain work. So it, was, so it was twofold. It was really amazing to have their authentic, awesome support as well as a great reminder for me of, you know, you can always be a resource to those around you, no matter where they're at in your business, and no matter where you are at in, their, in your business. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Actually, that was my last question. I do have a couple of bonus questions, but I'll just privately. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you can schedule your call with me, Pete. <laughs> we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll flip tables. I, and, you know what? I I owe you an apology because I was uh, your virtual assistant sent out that we were supposed to call beforehand to kind of give you like a review of how you kind of tailor made the to get a, a consensus of where people were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I totally forgot to give you that pre-call. <laughs> no worries. Pre-call. You can't you But on it, I mean, even the time that we spent together um, here on your podcast before the event gave me an idea of you know, of what, of what you are struggling with and what you want to create. And then we just dumped into any more. So at the event, so I'm, 
I'm excited now to to flip roles and spend time with you and really see, you know, really hone in on how speaking, if that is an avenue for you and how it can be an avenue for you and, and seeing how I can support you as you create that. I appreciate that. And we will definitely have to get into that. Do you have time for me to read to you the last little um, blurb or the finished product from your event? Yeah, I please. Okay. Because I don't think I was able to get up and actually say it at the end. But, um, or maybe I was avoiding it. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> we'll never know. Mel. We'll never know. Okay. So I'm not going to go through the whole process because you guys have to attend her workshops or get on a call with her to really get all that good information. But I'm just going to tell you the finished product. You're not going to be able to see it, but know that <laughs> three hours worth of work went into it. <laughs> So I'm just going to start. I want to understand their dissonance first and provide specific, unique based solutions. I want to listen to them profusely, understanding their journey, challenges, and real aspirations and goals. I want to understand intrinsically how they identify themselves, and I want to elaborately explain why I recognize their potential by citing practical examples, um, providing an assortment of creative solution angles Mm. that's a really good start yeah so we will definitely we will definitely hone that in more when when when, yeah when you schedule your call because there's there's ways that you can hone that in a little bit more which i'm sure you know um but i love that i totally get the direction that you want to go with that and that's yeah that's helpful so, yeah. so e- even with our call, like, you know, I already kind of started another talk, but I feel like this might be um, more of a signature talk than the other one. So lots of notes to discuss with you. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm excited. All right. Well, I'll let you get out of here. I know you're busy and I do appreciate you coming to do this recap episode. Oh, thank you again for having me. event was phenomenal. Definitely. Thank you. Go to Mel. I'll. Uh, give her the Trap Life podcast endorsement. Uh, we don't know what that means yet as a brand. <laughs> you should put a sticker but... and I'll just put it somewhere. <laughs> it works yeah. for me. <laughs> but we're stamping it. We're, we're Done full... and done. Yes, full endorsement ahead. <laughs> I love it. Thank you All so right. much. I appreciate it. We'll talk later. Take care. You too.